Hi, folks. Chris Voss here from the thechrisvossshow.com. Thechrisvossshow.com. Hey, we're coming to here with another great podcast. We certainly appreciate you guys tuning in as a wonderful audience. And, uh, yeah, we've just been surprised at the numbers constantly growing on the podcast. Be sure to refer the podcast to your friends and neighbors, relatives, all that sort of good stuff. Get people involved in the show so we can keep building a show and bringing you better guests and all-around better performance. So uh, go to iTunes.com or google play and you can subscribe to the show there you can also go to youtube.com for just chris voss and hit that bell notification button so you get all the notifications for all the great shows that we do on the chris voss show i've got a wonderful guest here today carol mcquade for the show and uh carol tell us about yourself i know you're an artist but let's talk about what you do as an artist Sure, I'm uh, I'm a principally a painter and a printmaker, and uh, I do a lot of cityscapes, and therefore travel a ton with my work. I teach internationally, and uh, which gives me a unique opportunity to go around as I travel and interview guests for a podcast I do about art and artists. Cool. So uh, you you have your own podcast for artists. What, what's the name of your podcast? It's called Two Artists Walk Into a Bar. Two artists walk into a bar. Yeah. Uh, is there, do you have some punchlines you developed off of that premise? <laughs> well, it's really fun because I started the show with just the first half. And at the end of each episode, I ask the guests if they have a punchline or a funny story or a joke, something from their art life. And it's amazing how many people write a punchline for me. So super fun outro to the show every week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, one of my faves was uh, one of the first episodes. I had this awesome guest who she's has this great French accent. And I said, you know, Sandrine, show's called Two Artists Walk Into a Bar. Uh, and she says, oh, yes, I have a punchline for you. Two artists walk into a bar and they must leave because they begin to draw a crowd. <laughs> so it's all stuff like that. They begin to draw a crowd. Okay. Yeah, that took me a little bit. I must need some more coffee this morning to draw. It's Chris. it is for me uh, when it comes down to it. Um, the uh, so and and I'm not just keen on artist jokes. I guess I need to spend some more time in the genre to get my <laughs> artist jokery topics down. So there's that. Um, so uh, so you travel around. You're internationally uh, recognized. I think you've mentioned and awarded. Um, you travel around and, and, and talk about art. Uh, of course, you're a, a painter. Um, you know, I've always been impressed with the uh, ability that creative people like yourself have where they can take a blank sheet of paper and, and put something on it that's beautiful, elegant, uh, sometimes very descriptive of, of whatever they're painting, if, if it's, a, it's, a, it's a painting of something, um, not an abstract, I guess. Uh, I, I have no... Uh, and the reason I appreciate it is because I have no artistic ability when it comes to drawing things and, and painting or, or anything of that nature. I can I can do your really good stick figure, but even uh -huh. then, it's going to look awful. You know, it's going to have <laughs> it's gonna have wavy lines. You're just going to be like, is that is that a is that a stick figure or a zombie mutant stick figure? What's going on? <laughs> and so I've always had a great appreciation for people who can see design. I have, a, I guess, a, a very simplistic binary thing. Maybe it's being a guy, but I, I know there's artistic men out there. But uh, I just I just see things in black and white. I remember when I had my companies, I'd, I'd have some of the artistic employees come to work with me, and they'd be like, how can you stand to work in this room where it's just white? I'm like, I don't really – I've never looked at the wall. <laughs> I, I didn't – 
I didn't know what color it was till you pointed out. We're just here to make money. And, <laughs> and so I've been always interested in stuff like that, especially when it comes to business where, you know, you go into these opulent um, restaurants and, and buildings and office settings that are beautifully designed. And you're just like, man, someone sure, uh, so, so, someone sure is an artist because I, I do not have this talent and nowhere near this talent, probably never will have this talent. Um, and uh, so I have a lot of appreciation for what you guys do. Well, thanks. Yeah, it's fun and it's different. And I find teaching, a lot of people come into a, a session and say exactly what you said, you know, can't draw a stick figure and, and people surprise themselves. So you never know, you, uh, you might hit a point in life where you start to follow that thread and you'll be surprised by what you do. Definitely, most definitely. So tell us some of your uh, stories and adventures that you've been on either with a podcast or uh, traveling around the world. Well, really, the, the podcast started because I was traveling around the world. So I just did a project this last year called the 150-Day Art Trip. And I took uh, I go and do art residencies in different places, and I teach art on the cruise ships. So I ended up with three art residencies and three cruise ship jobs that had me traveling for 150 days. And uh, I found myself going to these, like, one of the residencies was in Tuscany, one was in Mexico, one was in Sicily. And so you stay in these houses with a group of artists from all over the world and you're all working on your own thing during the day and then we'd get together and cook and eat and drink wine and talk at night. And it was always sitting around having these conversations with people um, about what we're doing and what we're thinking, how we're approaching it. And they were fascinating. And uh, it made me think, wouldn't it be cool if people everywhere could hear these kinds of conversations? So. So that's sort of what led into the podcast. Uh, but the trip itself was amazing. Like it was five months of living out of a suitcase and creating all kinds of art and uh, teaching, meeting people. It was just an amazing opportunity. That sounds like fun. Is it is it easy to teach people to paint or does sometimes you just want to smack them in the face? <laughs> I think it depends on how you're approaching it. But for me on the cruise ships, um, for example, they're all doing watercolor. It's something fairly simple. We are traveling to these amazing places. So, you know, if we've just been to Athens, we, we mm -hmm. sit down and we take out photos of Athens and I paint and I just share the running dialogue that's going in my head and they listen and then they go to paint and, uh, and it's actually pretty simple. It, I think it's surprisingly simple. It's easy to show because it's a very visual thing and people surprise themselves. And on the cruise ship, it's people who are not necessarily, they don't think of themselves as artists. They just, they're on a ship and that day we're at sea, they've got nothing else to do. So yeah. in, instead of learning how to ballroom dance, they come hang out with me. And, uh, and by the end of the cruise, they're always super emotional about what they've been able to do and they're really proud and it's just a great moment. It's a really fun place to teach. Probably give some people some uh, ways to stretch themselves and to enjoy themselves on a vacation, get away from, uh, you know, the norm and, and maybe discover some new things about themselves that, uh, hey, I'm an artist. Yeah. Um, I, honey, I'm leaving you. I, I went on a cruise and uh, now I'm an artist. So, uh, <laughs> um, so it's interesting that you use watercolors considering you are on a cruise. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, see, if I ever did painting on a cruise ship, it would just look look all wavy and all messed up, and then it'd just be like it was the ship going up and down. I, it, <laughs> it, it looks like a it looks like a uh, 
Renaissance picture, but it was the ship. And you're like, yeah. Christ, <laughs> do that. Well, sometimes that happens. I did one in, uh, where was it? It was in Thailand last year and it got super stormy and people weren't even leaving their cabins. And I thought, well, there's no way there's going to be a class today. But I went up and sure enough, all the students were there and we'd put our little cups on the table to be able to dip our brushes in. And as the ship would, would, uh, would heel over the, the water cups would start to slide across the pay, the, the table. And it was a real adventure just trying to keep our stuff on, but, uh, but people love it. So it's, it's a good diversion. Yeah. I've always, I, I've seen those guys that take paint and they just like throw it or something, or they have a dog walking the paint and walk across an easel or something like that. That sounds like yeah. something I'd be doing on a ship. I'd be like, just like <laughs> when the ship rocks, just let, just let weird stuff happen. It's called, you know, art. <laughs> um, but no, it's always it's always interesting to me when people can do art and stuff. So a lot of the people here on your podcast, uh, they're they're artists. They're talking about their art, uh, some of the aspects around it, probably some of the great stories. Uh, I know uh, I'm kind of an artist when it comes to being a photographer. I'm not a great photographer, but I love photography, and mm -hmm. I've done jaunts where I go out, take a day trip, and and do photography. And I think it's. It's kind of it's it's along the same lines of where you're going and evaluating scenery and going let's capture this moment either in paint or in a photograph, uh, and of course you're trying to present it in the best light or whatever sort of uh, I suppose atmosphere you want to present it in, um, and and I always I've always appreciated the ability to look at something and and try and recreate that image, uh, yeah. and and. Uh, and do it well, and of course, you you know, getting the right angles on what you're looking at and everything else. Um, it, it's it's very interesting to me, and 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 of course, some of the best stories I have and images I have are the stories behind those travels. Yeah. Where you know, like one of my favorite things used to be was taking a long lens, uh, like a Canon 7200, going down to Venice Beach, and there's a little restaurant that I would take and uh, eat at. And I'd sit and I'd get a booth by by the walkway of, of Venice Beach, and I would shoot down the walkway. Now, a lot of people don't like you taking photographs of them. So yeah. I'd use the long lens to shoot way down and so that people, you know, anytime somebody started looking at me, I'd pull off. Um, and so you just try and capture people in their natural setting, their natural habitat, if you will. And if Venice Beach has its own natural habitat when it comes down to it, it's pretty wild. Yeah. Um, you feed the animals there. Um, but it, it was always fun to me of, of watching and the stories that you would get from photographs you would take and, and trying to capture those sort of things. And some of the funnest stories I have are, are from taking those or from looking over those images and going, oh, yeah, there was the, that one guy and that, that thing. And, and so I can imagine you guys have a lot of fun with the details of your yeah. jobs of, of doing art and, and yeah. traveling the world. Yeah. Well, we do a lot of what you were talking about, too, where uh, there's this whole movement called urban sketching, where yeah. you, sit, you sit outside, you sit in a cafe or on a ship, wherever you are, and you're drawing people and uh, the surroundings and and it's it's always interesting drawing somebody there if you uh, if you look at urban sketching online you'll see some people will just travel buses and draw the backs of people's heads or mm. wherever they capture it and those those drawings of people just sort of not you know not knowing they're being observed it's um there's something very intimate about them and a lot like 
photography, like street photography. Yeah. And uh, I love it. He's trying to capture people. Um, yeah. He's trying to capture their essence, their soul, uh, maybe what they're feeling. Um, and, and you know, it's interesting, too, because like you say, with the street, uh, with, with what you guys were doing with art, uh, you're it, sometimes you, you catch people and they're in a crowd, but you can see how sometimes um, how maybe alone they're feeling or, or whatever feelings they're exhibiting and trying to capture that moment. I think the, for me, it's very easy to be a photographer because boom, you take the picture once you've got everything set up and sometimes you take a series of picture and you find the best one that captures what story you're trying to tell or hoping to capture. Um, but for an artist, you guys, you know, it takes longer for you guys to capture something and, and to put it down. I'm, do you have to be really good at keeping an image in your head of what you saw? Or do you have to be in front of that image for a long time? Or what are the challenges that you run into in capturing a moving image or an image that's not sitting for you, say, like in what you mentioned in your urban captures? Right. So it really depends on what you're doing. If I'm out painting in the wild, I sit in a place and and I'll be trying to capture the general sense of a place. So if somebody's sitting there or if a car is there and it moves and another one takes its place, the piece ends up being sort of a, a melange of all the, dif the different things that have gone through that space. Mm -hmm. But it kind of captures a broader moment. If I'm at home painting in my studio, um, I a lot of times will be working from a sketch like that. And while I'm doing it, I'm taking photographs repeatedly. So I can mm -hmm. go through the photographs, pick out my favorite elements, look at the sketch, and that that sort of informs how I felt at that time. And all of those things get get threaded together to make the to make the bigger studio piece. So yeah, there's some photography involved. There's some sketching involved. There's a lot of memory involved. Uh, I find whatever I was listening to at the time, if I'm listening to music, that mm -hmm. triggers the memory and mm -hmm. uh, and gets me back in that space. Do you sometimes use music where you, you play music uh, that uh, is motivating you or keeping you in like the emotional moment of, of, uh, of what you're trying to capture? Totally. When I do residencies, I make playlists based on my experience in that place. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. when I'm doing the work from those trips, I'm mm -hmm. listening to that. So I have residencies from SEZ and all these different places that... Uh, that are absolutely like that it gets infused and it, it gets so infused in the work that if I paint something, I can look at it 10 years later and I'll know what I was listening to when I painted it. That's a very interesting. Uh, I do the same thing with my dogs, especially my dogs that have passed on. And sometimes when I'll edit photos in Lightroom, I'll take in, uh, you know, sometimes I'll be spending hours trying to find the right, the, the way I, the, the just the just the whole right way to edit the photo and 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 to yeah. embellish it in the way that I want, and and sometimes I use music or whatever the mood is that I had. Uh, it's kind of surrounding the photo or my memory of the photo um, to help keep me in that emotional moment to kind of help search for the um, the best sort of way to filter and and edit. Maybe sometimes I want to go black and white. Maybe sometimes I want to go color. Um, yeah, sometimes black and white's a really great way to capture an, uh, an image and and to really define it. And sometimes that really makes an image pop, sometimes based on the color of your subject and, of course, the color of, uh, of some of the ambiance of the photo, uh, mm -hmm. its surroundings, background, etc. 
Uh, and so it's it's interesting to me the, the different artists uh, artistry way. I suppose I paint in some sort of format of 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 uh, edit when it comes to Lightroom when it comes to photograph because I'm I'm putting different colors to it and and doing different things with the contrast and trying to find the right sort of uh, I guess you, the people from Instagram would just say filter, um, <laughs> which is. It isn't that simple in, in uh, Lightroom. In fact, there's a lot of times I walk away after a couple hours of Lightroom and I go, I just can't find the the emotional core or the or the center of this this photograph. I just can't figure out a way to make it work. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I, I grew up uh, I grew up as a kid in uh, doctrine in a uh, cult of religious cult, a really strong religious cult. They taught us that. Nudity was evil, and you know, sex was bad uh, if it was a reproduction, and just the the most horrible uh, repressive stuff you can imagine when it comes to um, just the human body and and uh, the naturalization of the human experience. And I was lucky enough that in my neighborhood uh, there was an artist who lived in my neighborhood, and his name was actually Art, which was kind of ironic. Um, Easy to remember. <laughs> yeah. And I, I used to go up to his place, and uh, we used to we used to play in his yard. He had this giant, massive, just beautiful yard, uh, multiple buildings. Um, he was a very successful artist. Uh, I don't know how successful that was on a scale of, of artists, you know, but he was he was obviously successful with what he did, um, and uh, he was a sculptor, and he would sculpt women. Um, and he would do nudes of women, sculpt them, uh, and he'd do these beautiful bronze works of art that were just amazing. Um, and and I so I, I remember when I first went up to his studio, and I think we used to play in his yard, and I think he used to pay me to mow his lawn. I think that's how I got to know him, as I was mowing his lawn or something, and we used to play in his yard. It was really nice. And he, I remember going to his studio and seeing these images of, of naked women that were bronzed, um, there were bronze statues that he'd made. And I remember going, oh, well, you know, my, my mommy told me that's bad. And, and he explained to me the beauty of, of humanity, the beauty of, of being nude and, and that it isn't, it isn't a nasty thing. It is a perversion. It's a, it's a, it's a depreciation for the, for the, um, for the natural beauty of, of being human. And that there was, there's nothing bad about it. There's nothing, you know, he, he even, he even really told me, he goes, there's, this isn't a sexual thing. This is a appreciation of art. And that's where I really got my first indoctrination about what art really was. This was long before I went to, I think junior high, I think I took an art class that you had to take. Um, and it really helped me appreciate the, the other information I've gotten and moving away from that and really realizing that, Hey, you know, there's a, there's a, that was my first experience of seeing, you know, I'd never seen the statue of David and other nude art pieces that are very famous. And so I'd never been exposed to any of that. And whatever exposure I had, I was, it was probably told that it was, you know, that's bad. You know, I wasn't allowed to watch MASH because MASH had too many sexual innuendos. It was a perverted show. Three's Company was, was like a, might as well have been an X-rated show on our TV. Um, and so, since then, I've always had a really good appreciation of art and the fact that people can draw things and, and do things, and and that and and really what the core value of art is in in uh, appreciating it. And sadly, a lot of people still take certain types of art as a perversion. But appreciating that as an artist uh, 
um, and seeing what you guys do, even though I can't be a great <laughs> <laughs> uh, But I have an appreciation. I guess that's what I'm trying to say when it comes down to it. Yeah, well, good. That's, uh, that must have just totally opened up your world, discovering that. It did. Yeah. I, yeah. I kind of knew. I kind of knew the cold was bullshit, but uh, yeah. uh, that was one of the first really cracks where I was like, "There is a whole other world here, and it's not about it's not about perversion or sexuality. It's it's. Um, I mean, I suppose in some way, uh, uh, doing a bronze of a woman uh, who's naked. I mean, that is uh, in a form of a slight sexuality, but I mean, that is the human experience when it comes down to it in reality. So yeah. what are your, what are your favorite things to paint? What do you like to paint? Um, I'm, I'm known as a cityscape painter. So I do a lot of, uh, like just the chaos of being in a city. I do, um, you know, the cars and the people and signage and, and, uh, a lot of times I paint it, but a lot of times I do it in a printmaking method where I will, um, I'll draw it and then I'll take that image and I'll carve it into a piece of wood. And some of these are like nine feet long. They're wow. Full, yeah, full panoramics. And, mm -hmm. uh, and then I roll that piece of wood or linoleum, whatever it is, with ink, mm -hmm. lay paper on it, and I hand transfer it. So then it's, uh, it becomes uh, it's an original, but you can repeat it. And mm -hmm. so some of these images, when they come up, they're black and white. And then I'll take them and I'll paint them. And oh. uh, yeah, it's it's a very it's a slow it's a very traditional method, uh, mm -hmm. but the way I do it is very it's modernized because they're big urban city centers. Wow! And, uh, super chaosy and and really fun. This yeah. is this is another reason I'm not an artist because I'm freaking lazy. Uh, <laughs> that sounds like a lot of work. Uh, yeah. Amazing. I mean, you carve the wood and then you and then you do the overlay. Yeah. Um, wow. So, uh, where's the website we can check out some of these pieces of art? To see my art, you would go to carolmcquadeart.com, mm -hmm. and uh, that's the same. My my Instagram and Facebook is at Carol McQuaid Art, and it's M C Q U A I D. Mm -hmm. McQuaid. Um, to see the podcast, you go to Two Artists Walk Into a Bar.com. Or on social media, it's uh, at two the number two artists podcast. That should be yeah. awesome. That should be awesome. The um, yeah, it, I'm going to check out some of this art because I'm really interested to see you know how this comes out with you overlay that. Uh, cityscapes are interesting. Like I say, when I used to do Venice Beach, that was one of my favorite places to go and people watch and shoot. Um, and I just have some really funny photographs. And and yeah, you're right. There's a lot of chaos. There's there's uh, yeah. Just always an interesting group of people, especially in larger cities. Uh, and I really thought about, you know, what you uh, you use a good word there, chaos. And I really thought about uh, that. Really, is a lot of information overload when you go into big cities. When you really think about it, I can't imagine someone coming from, uh, you know, little some little town in Kansas uh, going to the big city for the first time. I remember when I went to the big city for the first time. Actually, it 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 was uh, it was overwhelming, but it was exciting and thrilling all at the same time. And I suppose if you can capture that in your art pieces that's uh, got to be great yeah and for me I grew up just outside of the city Vancouver Canada and uh, when my dad would take me into the city I'd be in the back seat of the car and we'd head in and I would be looking out the windows and seeing these you know neon signs go by and and mm. you know sometimes we'd be there late coming back at night and it would be all the lights and and it just totally I was like oh my god this is where I want to be 
And, uh, and I think that's really a big part of why I do the pieces I do. Mm. Yeah. Which is funny because now I, I mean, I live part time in the city, but the rest of the time I'm up in this little mountain hideaway in the middle of nowhere. There's not a human in sight other than the people that are here with me. And uh, so we live part time on a mountaintop. We live part time on a, on a beach down in Mexico. And, uh, and so when I go to the city, it's like, I'm here to work and I love it. Like, I just want to absorb as much of the crazy chaos as I can. Definitely, definitely. The, uh, I was, yeah, I was going to ask you for Canadian. Your, your boot was giving you away. <laughs> I love my Canadian friends and it's either a boot or a, that will give them away. You see, yeah. um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Canada is a beautiful country. I'm a big Rush fan. So I, I Oh, love- right. And that was my first concert ever was Rush. Oh, really? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Do you, do you want to give away which concert that was? We might be both giving away our ages, but <laughs> I'm not Rush saying fans. nothing. Okay. All right. All right. Yes. It was the last album. Yeah. Uh, our, <laughs> yeah, our 40. Sure. Yeah, sure. yeah. The, uh, yeah, I've been a Rush fan all my life. And oh, right days. on. One of these days, I've got to get up to Canada and tootaloo around uh, some of the famous sites from some of their albums and and stuff. Although, uh, I guess Neil Peart uh, moved down here to California, so he's no longer Canadian, eh? Yeah. Hey. my language. I think I think we watched Bob and Doug McKenzie, uh, the movie, uh, about I don't know, one thousand times as teenagers or something. Yeah. We're really fascinated with the <laughs> with the funniness in that movie. And yeah. of course, I was a Rush fan before that. But uh, yeah, I, is it is it, uh, it, it is it hard to travel the world and be an artist, or do you just have to find the right gigs, or you know, um, how, do, how does someone become a traveling international artists, I suppose. I'm sure there's somebody in my audience who's wondering that. Yeah, no, and it's, uh, it is, um, finding the opportunities is a huge part of being an artist in general and Mm -hmm. uh, finding places where you're, where you can show, finding things to get involved in, you know, sort of the nature of our work. We're in a studio, we're focused on a, in a, in a very, you know, we've got a pretty narrow, um, focus. We're working on something super intensely and it's really uh, to be a professional artist and especially to be a traveling artist, you need to shift back and forth between studio time and searching for opportunities time, applying for things, being involved in your community. And uh, that's a lot of the message of the podcast actually is, mm-hmm. um, is uh, as an artist, uh, figuring out how to find those opportunities, figuring out how to find your community and, uh, you know, knowing what things there are to apply for. It's all, you know, um, we are, like most self-employed people, you're, you're continuously recreating your career and mm-hmm. continuously uh, finding your next gig, your next client, your next show. And it's a huge part of the excitement. But there are a lot of very talented artists out there who don't sell their work because they're in their studio and that's where their focus is. And, uh, and to be, to really make a career of it, you need that balance between the two. Uh So, yeah. So finding the international gigs, a lot of it is, um, doing residencies is a huge part of it. And, uh, uh, so they are usually anywhere from a few weeks to a year and you, you find them, you write to them, you show them what you do, you explain what you want to come there and do. And uh they get, they give you a place to stay in a studio 
and uh, and you go and do a new body of work. And that's been, for me, when I started doing those, uh, that was really a turning point in my career. It gave mm -hmm. me visibility, it gave me new subject matter, and uh, more than anything, it gave me all this contact with other working artists. We could swap secrets and, and uh, ideas and support each other. And that's a huge part of how I, how I grew my career. Yeah. You know, I, I was just looking over my sleeping puppy, my four-month-old uh, <laughs> sleeping puppy. Yeah. And, and, and I've realized that, that uh, she's not peeing on my floor. She's making art puddles. <laughs> she's very talented. <laughs> and and maybe, maybe instead of cleaning that up, I should start taking photographs. <laughs> and I can make me a puppy art puddle, pee puddle book. And there's, there might be some art there. That, that could be a National Endowment of the Arts thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, I just that was just a comedic piece. Um, <laughs> I'm not peeing on the floor, Dad. I'm giving you art. <laughs> yeah. What is that? What is it to you? <laughs> I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure that she thinks it's art. Um, in fact, I think I think everything is just chewed up and mine is destroyed. She thinks, it's, "Look, Dad, I made your phone better with art." <laughs> she's a sculptor at heart. <laughs> yeah, she's a sculptor at heart. That's really what she's doing. She's not just chewing my legs of my <laughs> dining room table she's sculpting that's what it is she's carving a uh, an art piece and someday i'll look at that and i'll be cry oh, anyway. so there's that so i don't know what to do with that but, but uh there it is um anyway guys uh thanks for tuning in and uh, give us your plugs once again uh so that people can check you out carol so the website is carol mcquaid art dot com mm -hmm. and on social media it's at carol mcquaid art and it's c-a-r-o-l-m-c-q-u-a-i-d and the podcast is two artists walk into a bar dot com and on social media it is at two artists podcast sounds good sounds good and thanks to our audience for tuning in we certainly appreciate you guys coming by the show be sure to refer to your friends and relatives neighbors dogs cats mistresses pool boys go to itunes google play and also youtube.com for us chris voss hit that bell notification we certainly appreciate you guys tuning in and we'll see you guys next time <laughs>